welcome to London Family Centre. Uh, welcome to our members who are with us every week and welcome to those perhaps joining us for the first time from around the world. You're welcome to join us here every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock on Facebook Live. This last week and the week before, a lot of people have been asking, when do you think we're going to be back in our physical building here? I don't know the answer to that. We, we have been constantly on a daily basis looking at the criteria and the restrictions. This week on Thursday in Westminster, one of the MPs did ask Boris Johnson, uh, when did he think that places of worship would be given permission to return? And he said for England, speaking for England, not just yet. Um, and then when we do return, there will be certain restrictions and certain changes. Uh, this building is inside a residential compound that is going to impose certain restrictions. The size of the building, they are probably most likely going to just permit a certain number of people. So we may end up with more than one service. And plus the children's facilities here are particularly limited and that's going to have implications. So it's still a little bit early. So please be patient with us. Wait, as soon as we have anything definite, we will let you know, okay? few years ago there was this guy in one of our churches and he was a really flamboyant dresser so you never knew what he was going to be wearing when he turned up on Sunday I used to find it really entertaining it was funny and it was it was nice he had a lot of skill in that area he used to you know follow fashions and do you know risky things and outrageous things but mostly it was very good and he carried it off and it was cool you know trendy but this one day he walked into the church building and I, had to, I don't know what was happening that morning but he, you know those 1930s leather helmets that uh, caps that pilots used to wear with the big dog ears and so he had one of these on, <laughs> pair of shorts and it all looked just completely flabbergasting a bit ridiculous to be honest so I was standing with a group of people he walks in and everybody's jaw drops you know welcome to church <gasps> and one of the the members was standing there and one of the members did this and I was not that familiar with that sign time out but I knew the sign well enough and I'd seen it often enough to know what she was saying to him she was saying do you know what friend you really have a skill with fashion and it's really nice and everybody appreciates it but today you've lost it and you need to take some time out you need to step back from that and maybe just dress normal for a few weeks until you get a grip amen that expression, time out, is my topic for today. It's my thought for the last few days with regards to you and your life and the church's life. The church in the world is experiencing the greatest time out for centuries. Now, this term, time out, is mostly associated with sport. Um, but as with many things, you know, it originated in the Bible, right? These wise practices begin with Christ in the Old Testament or in the New, and then they often get adopted by business or by individuals. Let me begin by talking generally about the principle of time out in the life of Jesus. You will see, I'll read you a few scriptures, and you will see that Jesus consistently practiced time out and then tried to encourage others 
to practice the same. But it was not easy for him, and it's not easy for us. It seems to me that many times when Jesus sought to get time out, uh, it didn't happen because of the issues I'll show you now. Time out, scripture number one in the life of Jesus. Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, here we go, time out, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many people who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and they got there ahead of them. So when they arrived, they saw a, lar a large crowd and Jesus had compassion on them and they began to minister. So there you have Jesus himself. They didn't have enough time to eat. They probably didn't have enough sleep. They were getting emotionally exhausted and he takes them. Come on, let's go aside and rest. But it didn't work because the people ran after them. And, you know, Jesus felt sorry for them and entered back into ministry even when he was seeking rest. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, another example of Jesus seeking time out, time aside. This was in Gethsemane before a major event, of course, the cross. Matthew, chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. There's your time out. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. So before facing a major you know, crisis, a major issue in his life, Jesus was seeking time aside, time out. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 is my final scripture just to show you this in the life of Jesus. Mark 1 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed and Simon who was with him searched for him here we go again and when he found him he said to him everybody is looking for you but he said uh, but Jesus said to him let us go to the next town so Jesus didn't respond uh, to Simon Peter trying to get what had happened was Many people had been healed and the news had got out. And again, it was a time of intense ministry. So Jesus, after a time of intense ministry, goes to the Father. He's taken a break, um, but news gets out and all the people come. And Peter tries to drag Jesus back into ministry in that place. But in, in, on this occasion, Jesus says, no, I want you to notice just the stresses and the strains around time out. Every time you try to take it, it seems that people try and stop you or things try and stop you. Now, I'm a man <laughs> and I like my space. I think it's a very male thing. It's a female thing too, but it's definitely a male thing. You know, you have these man caves, right, in your house or a den. I've always had dens. I love that. It's just that little bit of space. I absolutely don't consider that a, a, an unhealthy thing. Uh, David is one of the prime examples in scripture of someone who took himself apart as the prophets did and Jesus did. However, I don't know how well that is, re <laughs> that is received in the modern world. I'll come to that in a moment. My, my first question to you and to me is, what would stop us from seeking God anyway? What am I doing in my life that, that stops me taking time aside 
and spending that time with God. What stops me? Why am I so distracted? And just off the top of my head, a few reasons why people don't take time out, or if they do take time out, it's not time-seeking God. Okay? The first thing is the enormous pressure to achieve. We live in a society with, with pretty good education systems in, in a lot of the countries in the world. Standards, you know, thank God, have risen and risen and risen. But come, associated with that comes a sense of competition almost. And we need to be careful. I come from a family of nine and eight very high achievers. Okay, And so it was difficult for me. I'm very familiar with this problem. There's all, if you're not careful, you can get into achievement addiction or approval addiction. You know, People say, well, did you get your degree? Yeah, you got your degree. Oh, congratulations. Have you done your master's? And you say, no. Oh, and it's almost like you're, you're lacking something. And then you do your master's and then say, oh, fantastic. Have you done your PhD? You haven't done your PhD. And it, if you're not careful, it seems to me what happens, people, if they get this wrong, it's like a mouse wheel. <laughs> they can start on this achievement thing in their teens when they're at school or college, but they don't get off the wheel until they're 30, 40, or even 50. And then it's kind of, it's late in life and you just got to be careful of that. What stops people taking time out? That's my question. And the reason is because they're pursuing other things, nothing new under the sun. A second thing, children, praise the Lord, the children are a blessing, but nothing will be a greater atom bomb in your house and in your structure of life than a baby being born into your house. It's going to turn everything upside down. And it's critical for mums, critical for dads, for parents, to establish some form of structured time out, or you're going to end up getting exhausted in the way that these apostles were for other reasons. A third thing I think that stops us having time with Jesus is these phones that we all have, the ubiquitous smartphone. It needs control. It, we need time out from our phones. I think most of you know Steve Upple. Um, Steve's probably the only pastor that when I text him, I get a reply at a set time. Steve turns his phone off. He doesn't have his phone with him. His phone is, is structured through his week. And once I was up there with him just for a social uh, time together and, and I was saying, you didn't answer me when I sent you the text on what to do about what. And he was explaining, no, I, I don't answer my phone in this and this and this. These are my phone times. This is my church time. This is my family time. I thought, wow, that is really highly disciplined. And it, it gave me something to think about. Was it January? I, I was working at home, from home. I was working for another church just one day. I had a, a lot to do that day. And I decided to monitor the amount of communications that were coming at me. Okay, so here I am, I, I'm, I'm time out, I'm focused on something I've got to do with God and for God. And I, I, I calculated the number of communications from nine in the morning until six in the evening. Listen to this, this is just me, just people trying to get a hold of me. 111 WhatsApp messages, not from the same person. <laughs> 111 WhatsApp messages, seven text messages, four emails, 20 phone calls, five missed calls. That is a total of 147 interjections into my time.
time out, into my quiet time, into my space. 147 communications coming at me. That equates to one communication every three and a half minutes. Now imagine having your wife or your husband or your ch and you're trying to have family time and you have a beep or a ding every three and a half minutes. It's very difficult to build quality relationships if we permit the phone to dominate that. <coughs> so I pray for wisdom in this area. We need time out from worldly, as much as it's good with achievements and everything else, but perhaps we need time out from the pressure of achievements. Even when we've got children, care for your children and do it well. But don't forget your husband or your wife and certainly don't forget God. Watch those phones because those phones, any quiet time we have, the phone can invade that time. So be careful bringing your phone into your quiet time. Careful. It was Christmas Day, actually. I went out for a walk. I went to pray and just spend time with God. I was walking around the park and there's a Pret-a-Mange there. It was open. So I just grabbed a coffee and sat there in the window on my own. And I looked across and I saw a really sad sight. There was a woman who was probably about 60, 65. And she was with what was obviously her daughter, a girl of about 25 or whatever. And they were sitting and, and what had happened was obvious. Christmas Day. So, and the girl's a student because there's loads of students there. And the mum has come down to visit her child for Christmas Day. The mother is sitting, looking directly at the daughter. But the daughter is looking directly at her phone. And I watched that situation and it was utterly heartbreaking. I could feel the pain in that mother. I, I could hear her thinking, what happened my daughter? Where did my relationship evaporate to? Am I no longer of any importance whatsoever in your life? It was a sad situation. So be careful because that could equal that that, that was a daughter and a mum, but it could be you and God. When God is seeking to connect with us, to spend time with us, but we're so distracted by what was it, 147 communications coming at us in one nine hour period. Careful. Another reason why perhaps we don't take time out to, 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 time out to spend time with God is because work is all pervasive. We go to work, but then when we come home, we bring the work home with us and work invades our home. Very easy mistake to make and not a good thing, not a good thing to do. God help us to be disciplined in that separation. It's a very necessary one that our homes are homes with family relationships. I'm saying this, I understand, at a very strange time because many of us who have never worked from home are now working from home. We've even got couples where both parties are working and they're both working at home and the kids are studying at home. So it's an even more difficult scenario at the moment. But just be careful about bringing that work home. And as we have to at the moment, or at least some of us have to, be careful to take time out from that try and develop some kind of a schedule or it can become unhealthy. I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching to the converted right here on this subject. It's blatantly obvious that things take our attention away from God. But my thought just this week, I, I went out and sat alone and seeking God, what do you want to say to these people? What is your word? And I believe God wanted to be, God wanted us to seek after him in time out and not other things 
Tell them to seek me in the time out. This moment is the greatest time out in modern history for the church. Churches are closed all over the world. And, and people have got at least some segment of your life has got the availability probably of time that you didn't have before. And I think God wants that. Um, so I'm asking you to reconsider that. But let me talk about the whole principle of time out to begin with. So we understand what we're missing and why we should get into it and use it in a, in a, in a scriptural way. My first point to you this morning, time out is a, is a strategy we see in the life of Jesus. It was intentional and it was a strategy that he taught his serious followers particularly to implement in their lives, but they found it difficult. Why? People didn't understand. People wanted, you know, great demands, the needs of children, the needs of members, the needs of your family, your friends, needs, needs everywhere, needs in your workplace, demands on your life, your skills and your time. So my, my first question is, okay, my first statement, time out is something I see, a strategy in the life of Jesus and a strategy he, he guided his followers to employ in their lives. Is it a strategy in mine? Number one, is it, is it a strategy in your life? And secondly, are you willing to give others the space and time to have time out also? You need perhaps time out from them and they need time out from you, <laughs> okay? And there's nothing offensive about that. It's just normal human existence. It can be overcrowding in this busy world. But am I understanding about that? Am I willing to facilitate others? My husband, my wife, as I say, I'm a man. I, I need space. I take space. And I thank God for Mary's is very facilitating with that and very understanding because she does the same thing. She takes her time. She's very, very serious very serious with her personal quiet time with God, totally, totally dedicated to that time and that space. Um, and I admire that and she has my full support in that. The second thing I would say is time out is implemented in sport whenever the game needs to slow down. When a, 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 a coach or a manager of a football team, if things are going too far too quick or seem somehow to be getting off track, you can use, you know, timeout and, and the game can be slowed. Uh, as I was praying about this, the thought that came to me were the single people. Uh, and let me just speak to you one moment. Very often when I'm dealing with two people who want to get married, uh, and sometimes I have question mark in my mind about that or I have some considerations about it. It's not sitting well. <laughs> the one thing you really don't want to rush is marriage. You need to get that, that commitment really clear and get God firmly into that arrangement. Amen. So singles, don't be afraid of time out. Don't be, ever be afraid of that. If you're confident, you won't be afraid of it anyway. Necessary. So timeout is used to slow things down. Thirdly, timeout is implemented when the players on a football team are exhausted. Then the coach can say time. And this is exactly what we see in the life of Jesus. When the apostles were hungry, they were tired, you're gonna start making bad decisions. So Jesus says, come aside and rest a little while. But not just in ministry, in relationships, in marriages. 
um, many times as I'm doing marriage counseling with a couple, you will see emotional fatigue, compassion fatigue. They're just worn out. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just take a break. Okay, let's not talk about this issue for a day or two. And things can change in that time. So timeout can be implemented when people are exhausted and that can be a good strategy. It can bring reconciliation, it can bring healing and renewal to you. I would add, I know many pastors message me all the time um, from around the world and I wanna say to you, because every, every leader or discipler or cell leader will recognize my next point. <laughs> Some people are sent into your life to exhaust you, okay? They're just sent and all they do is drain your energy and you need to be willing to take time out. You need to be strong enough to you know, demand that time out from those, person, from those people. They're everywhere. People who, are not, who don't come for a good reason, to be honest. There's a good example of this in Acts chapter 16, verse 16. Acts 16, 16. Now it happened as we went to pray that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. Now, I want you to notice something. What this demon was doing, what this girl was doing, the, the demon was doing through her, saying something good. These are the servants of the Most High God. I mean, on the surface, that's good. Why are you complaining? I'm doing something good. But in the next verse, but Paul was greatly annoyed with this girl and he turned to the spirit and commanded the spirit in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And the spirit left her at that very hour. Th that demon <laughs> working through that girl was sent to try and exhaust those who were trying to bring the kingdom into being. There are people like this everywhere. Okay, In your family, if you're trying to do good, you can have a relative who's exhausting you. In your workplace, you can have someone exhausting you. Certainly in churches, in every sphere of life, there can be people. But I say all that to make this point. Be careful how you handle that. Because not everybody's bad. This girl had a, had a demon. Not everybody, that's not going to be the case with everybody. So you need to be very careful. <coughs> Excuse me. For me, there are people in your life, and all the, they're good people. And maybe they can be exhausting you, but all they need is a little bit of time out. And then they can come back. But there are other people, they don't need time out, they need to check out. <laughs> they need to go. They're Judases, okay? There's a difference between the Apostle Peter and Jesus and his relationship with Jesus. Peter definitely had time out. Peter went a little bit wrong, but Jesus never ended that relationship, right? He was waiting, believing Peter will come back, and when he comes back, it'll be better than ever. So there are certain people in your life, they're good people, but they need space. And you need to have the wisdom and the, the, you know, the oversight to say, oh, oh, okay, some space in this situation, and then the grace for them to come back into your life. But there's other people who need to go in Jesus' name. And that was the case here. At least the Spirit needed to go. Don't treat Judas like Peter. And don't treat Peter like Judas. 
Don't get these people mixed up in your life. This is the heart of pastoring. This is one of the fundamental skills of leadership in any group. I don't care if it's a cell group. You need to know the difference between those who are being restored and being matured and need to have the space to come back into your life in a good and maybe even more healthy relationship and those who need to just permanently go in Jesus' name. Amen. Number four. Timeout is implemented when the coach needs to talk to the players. <coughs> Excuse me. You will see this in many, many football matches. Nothing will make a player who's given his life for the game, who's exhausting himself. He hasn't, you know, eaten McDonald's. He's been practicing in the gym and he's on the pitch and the manager says, off. What I mean, that's going to drive anybody crazy with anger. And you see the players take their shirt off and throw it and run down the tunnel, right? But the trouble for the coach is, when the player is playing, they're not listening. That's the problem. Listening and playing, it's a difficult skill, that is. You, when you're playing, you're so focused in the game, and you're focused on what you're doing, but not focused on perhaps the team and the bigger picture. And that manager has a wide-angle lens there, and he can see the whole pitch. He can see things that the individual will never see. And so it's difficult. We've all experienced this in life when, you know, it seems to be against us when we're doing the right thing. As we said last week, you do the right thing and it seems to be punished for it. No, it's just we're stuck in a moment where we're, we're going full pelt on the field in ministry, in your marriage, in your relationship. And sometimes we can be going backwards because we're so keen to go forwards, you know, so slowing down the game is sometimes a good strategy last week i was talking about don't get stuck in a season but i would also say see when the manager pulls you and you have time out and you have time to reflect this is a good thing because in these times we can radically change and i mean change for the better I know so many pastors, pastors who communicate with me all the time, and just for social things, but for questions about life and ministry and sustaining yourself in ministry. And one of the things I would say, because I know many of you will be listening today, one of the things I would say to those of you pastors out there, don't get stuck in a pastoral version of you, okay? Don't get stuck in a pastoral version, whatever that might look like in your case or in your outfit, your church. Don't get stuck at that moment, okay? Uh, a good example of, of the evolution of us as people when God gets a hold of us and we're flexible uh, is the Apostle Paul. You think about him at the beginning of his life. He, he was an evangelist. He was preaching the gospel. Everywhere he went, preaching the gospel. He tells us all about it. He's an evangelist, but he didn't stay that way. People began to get saved. So then he gathered them together in groups and he pastored those groups. He was writing back to them. But he couldn't continue to do that because there was too many of them. So he appointed Timothy and others. So then he had to move up and continued his evolution becoming an apostolic overseer. But that wasn't enough because then there was a lot of confusion about doctrine. And he became a teacher, giving us the book of Romans and many other great teaching books. The Apostle Paul had no problem changing. He didn't get stuck. Absolutely, he didn't get stuck in the, in the pastoral version of himself in those young years. But I see many Christians who they become something 
or they do something and they get stuck there. Don't do that. Don't do that. And I pray through this time out, I'll come to it in a moment, you take that little bit of space and with your manager, with the king of all managers, and let him direct the second half of this game, as it were. Number five, time out was needed because often the team, when they're playing, they need encouragement and they need support. I have not met anybody in my life who doesn't need encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs support. Mums need encouragement. Dads need encouragement. Children need encouragement. I don't care if you're nine or you're 99, you need encouragement. And later on today, I want us and LFC and anybody else around the world who wants to do this in your churches. Do you know what I want us to do? I want every one of you to do who's listening to me right now. Pray and ask God to give you three names of people to whom you, you're going to send a text message today of encouragement. Just pray and think of the people who have blessed you in your family, in your work. It doesn't matter who they are, Christians, non-Christians, anybody. Think of three people that you can send a message to. You know, that can turn someone's day <laughs> so much for better. And let, 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 let's all do that today. Send three messages to three people that you want to say thank you to for what they've done in your life. Encourage them to keep doing it. Amen? Number six, time out is implemented when the opposing team begins to get the upper hand. And, and as I realize this point, <coughs> excuse me, it really is a sad point because in Genesis chapter six, if you remember, God had created mankind and everything had gone wrong. And in Genesis six, one of the saddest lines in the Bible, it says that God looked at mankind and he saw that the thoughts of his mind and the intentions of his heart were only evil all the time. It's like the devil was getting the upper hand in the game. And then God slowed the game down by sending the flood. I don't mean that to sound casual or trite. It wasn't to destroy mankind that God gave the flood. It was to save as many people as possible. But to save people and to have this era in which you and I live and all the subsequent eras, it required the flood at that time to slow the game down, slow time down, as it were. This time, 2020, for me, if I can use football terms, I honestly think that we're in extra time. This is extra time. This is extended play. This is golden ball, right? This it's a time of extreme grace. This is grace upon grace. God being patient, not wanting people to perish, but for all men to come to salvation. And even if you've never been highly committed, if you've been a peripheral Christian, I tell you, you can still come back at this time. You can still serve the Lord. I don't, again, it doesn't matter what age you are. God can use you in one day and make an impact in this world. I'm asking you this week, to take time out. You say, oh, we're all in time out. Take time out with God and let him speak to you about his design for your future. Don't get stuck in a season, but don't get stuck in a version of yourself. These are for me absolutely the last days. And I believe God is being incredibly gracious and incredibly patient with us. I don't know how long this lockdown is gonna last. 
is it going to go on? Are we half? Is this half time? <laughs> is this half time? Is this time for a coach talk? So are we going to go on? Maybe it'll be another three months and then we'll begin to come back. Well, if this is half time, this is a good time for the Lord to talk to you in this time out. And I just feel God wants you to spend time with him in lockdown. He wants you to seek him. Don't be like that student in Pret-a-Mange with your phone in your quiet time on Facebook or whatever it is. But open up your heart to God. My conclusion today is this. For time out, number one, schedule it in. Put it into your diary. Number two, don't feel guilty about it <laughs> and don't let others feel guilty about it. Don't be a Martha. When Mary takes the time out and spends it with Jesus and Martha judges her for that, within your families, become aware that we need to give each other space and time. My, my parents were brilliant at this, really, really good. Each of them had their own time every day alone with God. And then when we would come back, there would be such energy and love you know flowing in our house that was a wise thing they did my conclusion schedule time out into your life don't feel guilty about it and don't let others feel make you feel guilty about it and lastly in that time say you get a half an hour or an hour in the morning or I would advise not to schedule that time don't say I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna pray for this I'm gonna pray have your prayer time but maybe not in that time out. The, the wonderful thing about time out is that it's God's time to talk. You know, for, for, for many, and this is a, a funny truth, but it's a truth. For many people, when they're praying, when they stop talking, they think that's the end of the prayer. But prayer needs to be a dialogue. And when I stop talking and I'm silent, I'm giving him the chance to speak. So for my, in my lockdown, in my time out, in this time out, I'm going to take time out of my lockdown, time out of my time out, time only for God. And I'm going to go into that space with no agenda, okay? Nothing so much to pray about, but rather just giving God the space to speak into my life. And I repeat, there's enough time left for everybody. I don't care if you're nine or 99. God wants to use you and can use you in these last days in ways beyond your wildest dreams if we will just let him in. Halftime team talk. <laughs> time out. I want my people to spend time with me. Come aside and rest a little while. Father, I pray for LFC and for all VFC churches around the world particularly, that you will bless us in this lockdown and help us consecrate even a tithe of this time out just unto you, that we will devote that and invite you in a new and living way into our lives. Lord, you are the coach, you are the discipler, and we give you that role, we give you that space. Come and teach us, help us to be wise with achievement addiction or approval addiction, wise with our media, wise as husbands and wives that we give each other space and love and grace. We need you in our families. 
We need you in our relationships. And so I pray through this assessment of time out that each of us are, are going to establish in our lives, that you will be with us and we will see a better future than we could ever dream of. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much for being with us this morning. Remember my little request. This afternoon, I want everyone just pray about it. Think of three people that you can send a message to of encouragement. People who have blessed you, people who have helped you, and send that today. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.